Jesus, Jesus, precious name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. And then we're going to jump over to, uh, we're going to go there in just a moment. I want you to go with me, if you will, to John, the 17th chapter. John 17. 1 Peter, and 1 Peter 1, and then John 17. Father, we come before you once again, the Lord, to petition you, Lord, to move as only you can, speak to our heart, bring revelation and understanding, Lord God, that the might of your power, the anointing of your spirit, Lord, be evident tonight. Open up our hearts and our spirits, Lord, to receive your word, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Does this microphone sound okay? Sounds a little bit... Everything good? Y'all can hear me? Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me? Yes, 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 yes. No, 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 no. Are you sure, 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 sure? Okay, just making sure. All right, let's look at John 17 tonight. I want you to look here in, uh, I want you to look at the ninth verse. Jesus speaking. And how many know that this is Jesus' prayer? This is before he is about to be uh, crucified. But he's in, the, he's in the garden, he's praying, and someone had to be listening to record this. Oh, what a, what a night that would have been. But let's look here. This is Jesus praying. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. And I and all mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. Now this is what I want you to pick up on. Now I am no longer in the world but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep your name, those, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Verse 13, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should Keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. 1 John 4 and 17, you can write this in your notes, but it says here, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Michael, can you help me just a little bit? I, I'm getting some ringing in that microphone and I don't want it to distract anyone. 
title of this message tonight is we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Now, we are subject, many of you would agree, that we are subject in this physical body that we have to the world around us. Would you agree with that? I mean, there's, there's an earthquake right now. We're going to feel the tremors of it. If there's a tornado blows the roof off, we might get some splinters in our forehead. You know what I'm saying? We are subject to, to the elements of this world in this physical body in which we live. But how many know as children of God, we are not limited to this earthly realm? We're in this world, but we are not of this world. We're, we're living in the world just as Jesus declares he was in the world, but he is not of the world. Now, as we walk on this terrestrial terra firma, but we are not governed we are governed by a celestial world, the heavens. We live in this natural world in which we can see, taste, touch, and feel, but that's not all of our senses. We have the, the gift of sight. We have the gift of uh, a, a sense of hearing. We can taste. We can feel. But we have another sense, and that's a sense of the spirit. We may be in this world, but we are not of this world. I need to get that in your spirit tonight. We need to hear as we go further in the land in which we live. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. I'm a citizen of a kingdom I have yet to see. And this is the one and only reason that I'm the citizen of a kingdom that I have not seen. It's because the king lives inside of me. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And the moment that the king took residence within our heart, we are now in the kingdom of God. And now we are going to a city whose builder and maker is God. We're going to a place that our most physical eyes will never see. But we will one day see when we step over, when we enter in through the entrance door of death or the rapture, we will be in the presence of the living God. We will see the visible kingdom of God for what it is. Amen? And that's going to be a glorious time. But we notice here that even when we enter into the kingdom of God, that we are in the world, and the Lord said, don't take them out of the world, because the only hope this world has is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the world. We are in this world. And this is what I want to get into our spirit tonight. This is what I want to get into our understanding tonight, that the kingdom of God is within us. And though we live in this natural state and we're in this place right now where we have a start time and a stop time if we're here on this earth, that while we are here, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, an incorruptible, unstoppable, immutable, undeniable fact that there is a king who is coming after his people and we are a part of the kingdom of God if the king lives inside of us. As we look here, I want you to look at First Peter now. Go with me. We're in the world, but we are not of the world. Now the rights of the kingdom of God were established and we see in First Peter 1 verses 3 and 5. We're going to read a number of scriptures in the 
this is something I picked up on in, in my reading, in my devotion time when, in 1 Peter. Now, I want you to look here in 1 Peter 1 and 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. As we look here, we notice and we understand that the rights of the kingdom of God come to the people of God because of the act of resurrection brought about by Jesus Christ. We have hope in the resurrection of this body. We have a hope in Jesus Christ that this world is not our home. That we are not, though our bodies may find themselves in the grave, to be absent from the bodies to be the present with the Lord. That one day we will step in to the glories that God has in store for us. But what we recognize is that we don't have to wait to get to heaven to start living under the rights of heaven. That we discover that it's while we are living in the kingdom of God, because the king lives inside of us, uh, that we have an inheritance that's incorruptible, will not change, that will not decay. It is absolutely powerful. And in here, in this first chapter of Peter, Peter makes this statement. If you are if you have Jesus here as your Lord and Savior, then you have an inheritance that's incorruptible, imperishable. It will not perish away. Now, he gives that as his introduction. I don't remember a lot about English, but I had a, a taskmaster for an English teacher when I was a freshman. And she would say, in your introductory remarks, you need to put the, the outline of what you're, what you're talking about. And what Peter is talking about is an incorruptible kingdom. Because we may be in the world, we are not of the world. Yes, we began in the world, but now we are in an incorruptible kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever. That we are spirits having an earthly human experience. But when we cease in this human experience, we on this earth, we will transcend to God and we will be with him for all of eternity. Aren't you looking forward to the day? And what we see, church, is there's a power that's resident for the people of God. It's an incorruptible inheritance that we have. That we, that is stored up, laid up for us. But it's not just laid up for us when we get there, it's for right now. It's for where we're living right now. Now, Peter makes us, he shows us three different, he uses the word three different times in this chapter. Perish. Things that perish. To bring light to the imperishable. He, he talks about the, the, the things that perish away, but he is repointing the finger to things that are incorruptible that remain. Those three things we find are the seed, the blood, 
and faith. The seed, the blood, and faith. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Because the kingdom that we have inside of us is the eternal kingdom. And it's incorruptible. Now, as we look at this, I want you to flip over there to 1 Peter 1 and 23. 1 Peter 1 and 23. Now, would you agree with this statement? Anything that originates on earth is perishable. Would you agree with that? I mean, even the, the, the seats that you're setting in, they are subject to decay. They are perishable. They're not going to last forever. Now, the, the concrete outside, though it is a hard substance, it's not going to last forever. There's going to be, there, there are minerals in, in, in our earth today that are, are subject to decay. They're going to, they're going to one day decompose and return to the dust. If the, Lord, if the Lord tarries, everything is subject to decay that it originates on earth. But how many would agree with this statement? If it originates in heaven, it is incorruptible. If anything that originates in heaven is incorruptible, then we must acknowledge the fact that our inheritance is incorruptible. And the kingdom of God within us is incorruptible. So the seed is incorruptible that we'll discover tonight. The blood of Jesus Christ is incorruptible. And I hope before you leave today, you'll discover your faith is incorruptible. Hold that thought. I want you to look here at 1 Peter 1 and verse 23. It says, for you have been born again, not from perishable seed, but imperishable through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower fades away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. This is the word that was preached to you. Notice there. He said, for you have been born again, not from perishable seed, but imperishable. Now, perishable means this, means subject to decay, subject to decay. But the Lord shows us here in 1 Peter that there's a kingdom inside of us that's not of this world. And we've already declared if it doesn't originate on earth and it originates from heaven, then it is not subject to decay or decomposition. It will not be destroyed. In fact, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will remain. The word of God is eternal. The world that we see is not going to be the world that we one day will see. The heavens that we see will not one day be the heavens that we will see. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but the word of God, the immutable, unstoppable, infallible, incorruptible word of God is not subject to the elements of this earth. And once the church begins to realize the power,
power that is resident with inside of them because we only come into the kingdom when the king sets upon the throne of our heart. And once he sets upon the throne of our heart, we understand that we have the incorruptible seed that's living on the inside of us. And we do not change the word of God because the word of God is unchangeable. And the word of God unchangeable will change the world around us because it is not perishable. It's not subject. It's not being eaten away by culture. It's not being eaten away by fads and fashion. If you take the word of God and you put it into the soil of the heart, it will produce an everlasting fruit if we will hold to the seed. See, we have in our world today that truth is subjective. It is only subjective to the person who is trying to change it. But the person who's trying to reconcile to it, the word of God is unstoppable. It's unmovable because God declared it and it will last forever. It is incorruptible. It is not subject to decay. It will not decompose after time and after generations. If you take the seed of God's word and you plant it in a, an American heart, it'll produce a spiritual fruit. If you take it over to Ivory Coast, West Africa, where we're going, and you take the Word of God, the incorruptible, incorruptible, immutable Word of God, and you take it over there and you infuse that into a receptive heart, into whatever nationality, whatever language group, if you take it and you put it into the practice, and the person, the soul of that heart grabs a hold of that seed and accepts, accepts the Lordship of Jesus Christ, spiritual fruit will spring forth. So just because we have fads and we have fashions and we have culture all around us, it will not, shall not, cannot change the Word of God. Will not decompose. Though many of politicians and public officials and even spiritual leaders in the land today will tell you that the word is only relevant to the culture that you're living in. I say to you, no. Let me tell you, the word of God is relevant to bring forth the will of the living God who will say to you, I change not. See, when the church of Jesus Christ realizes that the word is incorruptible, that what God said he will do and he does do what he says. You can take the word of God and you can plant it into a heart that says yes and amen and I believe God. We now cling to, see we're subject to change, but the word of God will remain the same. The word of God is still the word of God. And I don't want to take out bits and pieces I don't like. I want to keep it all in there because what I do find out is whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I don't want a semblance of freedom. I want the real freedom. I don't want a partial healing. I want the whole healing. I don't want just one person to be healed. I want all of them to be healed. I don't want one person to be saved. I want everybody saved because we understand that the seed is not subject to decay. Now look, Peter is talking about we're in this world, church, but we're not of this world. So the seed that we have will bear fruit, and it is not, it is incorruptible, imperishable. 
But another time that he uses this, he refers to in verse 18. I want you to look at this. Verse 18 of this same chapter. For you know that you were not redeemed from vain way of life inherited from your fathers with perishable things like silver and gold. Now, how many of you in here would be honest and say, I like to have enough silver and gold to take care of my needs in my bank account? That we understand money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. How many know that, that silver and gold are tools that should be used for the furtherance of God's kingdom? Amen? But how many know if I had a, how many know, how many knows if I have a, a, a slab, a block of, of gold and silver and I laid it up here long after I'm gone, it'll be here, but it won't be here forever. It's going to, it's something that's precious because it's rare. But here, what Peter is saying is that there's something more precious that you can't get from earth's side. You can have the most precious minerals in all of the earth. He could have included diamonds, platinum. He could have put any wealth of things in this passage and they would still fall woefully short of what's more precious that is imperishable, which is what we'll see in the next verse. But with the precious blood of Christ as the lamb without blemish and without spot. So how are we born again? Well, if we earn enough, uh, then we can pay for our redemption. If we, can, if we can gather enough wealth and give that away to, to some needy cause, then we can purchase our redemption. We could gather up all the gold in Fort Knox, if there's any gold left in Fort Knox, and, and we could put that as a prize for the penalty of my sinful nature, and God would accept that because I will mark it and earmark it, let this go to missions. Now I will have all of my redemption. Peter says, that's not going to cut it. Because all of those things that were mentioned, they are perishable. Let me read to you what decay means. Decay means decomposition through the action of bacteria and fungi. Decomposition through the activity and the action of bacteria and fungi. Whew. What happens when you leave a hamburger? In fact, there was an advertisement I seen the other day. It wasn't very appealing. But they said, we want to show you that we use natural ingredients. And they take a burger and they sit it out there. And they put one of those extended play cameras on there that speeds things up. And as you're watching, that, that, that hamburger mold starts building on it. Ooh, appetizing, isn't it? Is, is mold and fungi and bacteria starts to devour that thing. And, 
Anybody ever pick fruit for a living? Anybody ever gone out and pick a bushel of tomatoes and leave them setting for a little bit? What happens to those tomatoes? They start, woo, they get to smelling bad. They begin to decompose. They decay. Anything on this earth is subject to the corruptible influence of this earth in the sense that it will decompose. Peter says there's something greater that you've been redeemed with. It didn't come from this earth. It came from heaven. It's the blood of Jesus Christ because Jesus came from heaven and he walked upon this earth. You know what amazing truth is this? If you take honey, honey can stay. Honey for eons. If long as it's held in preservation, they have found honey 2,000 years old in tombs in Egypt. And as long as the seal is on there, it's preserved and it's still edible. But once you break open the seal, it now becomes subject to decay. Now here's the truth. What originates from earth is corruptible. What originates from heaven is incorruptible. And the big part of the blood of Jesus Christ that you don't have to worry about whether it is going to decay because when you apply the blood of Jesus Christ it begins to devour and to eat away all of that decay. Amen? So the blood of Jesus Christ is what gets us into the kingdom of God. It's by our hope and our confidence in the risen Savior. So you have been redeemed not by the works of man's hands. There is nothing you can do to be good enough to get into the kingdom of God. There is only one who is good enough, and he's the one that opened the door through his blood. He knocked the road back the stone because the stone had no right to be over his grave. He stepped out of the grave into our eternal life. He was the first fruit from the dead. He is the resurrected Savior. Amen. There's no other deity in all of the world's religions where the deity came and gave his own sacrifice and then died. Every prophet of a world religion is still in the grave and they will one day give an account to the only true God. He is Jesus Christ and him alone. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ does not perish. I want you to think about this incorruptible kingdom that lives inside of you. This inheritance that you have. The word of God, blood of Jesus Christ. Now we've already stated we are in the world, but we're heading to a city and a country and a kingdom that we've not laid eyes on yet. How are we going to get there? Now Peter shows us something else when it comes to the perishable. And this is, takes a little bit more to grab hold of. 1 Peter 7, 
Let's start with verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even now, for in this you greatly rejoice, even though now, if for a little while you have had you have had to suffer various trials, in order that the genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perisheth, though it is tried by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love, and whom you through you do not see him now, you believe and you rejoice with unspeakable and full joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Notice that, which is more precious than gold that perisheth, though it's tried in the fire. When it comes to faith, folks, we have to under, we, we understand this truth about faith. Faith is a gift given to us by God. Otherwise, we can't get back to God. If it originates on earth, it's corruptible. But if it originates in heaven, it's incorruptible. It's not subject to decay. How do we enter into the kingdom of God? We do so by the faith that he has imparted to us. We cannot take credit for anything good that we do upon earth because all goodness comes from the good God who gave his good son, the good shepherd, to find us lost sheep so that he may enter into our heart to live according to his will. So as we look here, we see that the faith that he's given us is eternal faith. And see, faith, like the blood and like the seed, our part is to hang on to that. If the seed is going to have any resulting fruit, then the soil has to hang on to that seed. The corruptible has to hang on to that incorruptible. The, if we're going to have uh, the, the, the freedom of entrance into the kingdom of God, we must do so only through the blood of the Lamb. And our faith can only cling to Jesus. There's no other faith that will satisfy the Lord God. Only the faith that we have in Jesus Christ allows us to walk in that incorruptible kingdom of God. And we understand that we may be in the world, but we are not of the world. And if we are not of the world, we must be as he is in this world. Amen? I'm waiting on three more heads to nod, then I'll say. If you get up, and, if you get up and go to work tomorrow, when you get up and go to work tomorrow, when you walk into that workplace, you're in the world. You're subject to the things in the world, but you're governed by a greater governance. Jesus didn't say, Father, get them out of here as quick as you can. Hunker down and hold up 
until the horn sounds. He said, I didn't tell, he didn't ask the, for the father to take us out of the world. But he gave an inheritance that's stored up, not just for when we get there, but for right now while we're here. So that we can draw from those things that in which we need. And we need the word of God. The reason it's important to know that the word of the Lord is, does not decay, it is not does not decompose over time is to know that when God says something he will do it and we hold on to that truth and the Lord said he's no respect of person so he doesn't look at us according to our age or stature or our ethnicity or our country he looks at us as persons who's willing to believe what he has said and to receive his word because his word changes not and we hold on to the word and we say okay Lord you're not the one telling me that I'm worthless and no good and I'll ever amount to anything Lord those are not the voices that come from heaven above but your word says yes and amen and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and there's no weapon formed against me that's ever going to prosper and we hold on to the incorruptible word of God then we see there's no work on earth's side that can merit or warrant my salvation. It's only through the precious shed blood of the Lamb. That's worth more because that's the currency of eternity. We had someone in our ministry tell us years ago, that they sold their soul to the devil for good dope. And they were so afraid as they were entering into the kingdom of God that they were still bound to that so-called covenant. So we asked them this question, have you wholly, truly accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And they said, yes. And at that moment that they came in was early stages, and yes, they just accepted the Lord as Savior. They said, let me tell you one thing to be certain. You didn't sell yourself soul to the devil because the devil has nothing to buy you with. Let me say that again. The devil has no currency in eternity. The only currency that has any value in eternity is the blood of Jesus Christ. And so you have not been bought with corruptible things, but incorruptible things. And so now you can rest assured that your life and soul is in certainty as we're standing here and that God has bought you and redeemed you with his blood. And the blood that was sacrificed of Jesus Christ was not to pay for your release from the enemy to the devil. The purchase price was given to the injured party, which was the Father, which was God Almighty. And he asked for his own payment, which was his own blood of his own son. And that payment was made. And now you are free through the blood of the Lamb. Now what holds all of this together for us is the faith that he's given us that we don't live according to our works and that we don't live according to our abilities, but we hold on in by through faith 
because we're in this world, but we are not of this world. Because what we have is an incorruptible kingdom living on the inside of us because the king lives in us. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for merciful kindness and great grace. Lord, you have given us an inheritance, an inheritance. Lord, through the precious, undeniable blood of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, the sickness of sin that was decomposing our eternity was devoured by the blood of Jesus. We don't have to keep your blood in a tight, sealed container. Lord, we open it up because it's the only hope the world has is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those that are in this house tonight that are struggling, Lord God, in their journey and their walk with you. Lord, I pray for those that are in this house right now that, Lord, that are, Lord they're, 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 they're hanging on to the seed of your word, believing that their children are going to come into the kingdom of God. Lord, there are those that are in this house tonight that, Lord God, the word of the Lord says that by your stripes we are healed. They're holding on to that, Lord God, incorruptible truth of your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, help and encourage and strengthen tonight. If you would, would you stand with me tonight and just lift your hands to the Lord. I'm not looking for a show of hands. I'm not going to call you down here. But you needed to hear that the incorruptible living God lives inside of you. I want you right now, by the, by the power of his spirit, I want you to speak to that situation. I want you to speak to your body if you are sick tonight. I want you to tell your body to align. I, if your body is not doing what your body is supposed to do and designed to do, then right now begin to speak to that body. Oh, it may sound like foolishness to those that are around you, but let me tell you, when you step out by faith, you step out on the word of God, say, no, no more, no more, no more. Arthritis, you got to leave. Stomach ailments, you've got to leave. Migraine, headache, you got to leave in the name of Jesus. It's not part of my inheritance. It's not part of the incorruptible. The incorruptible word of God says, no, I don't have to put up with this. I'm not tolerating this anymore. In the name of Jesus, it will happen. I want you right now to call out your kids. Call them into the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, right now in the name of the living God come out in the name of Jesus you will awaken you will awaken in this day you will awaken in this hour you will understand that you can't work hard enough to get into the kingdom of God God will get inside of you oh my God the earth side cannot get into heaven Lord God Lord heaven gets in us I pray God let heaven be realized in the hearts of your children Lord I ask it in your name 
I pray, Father God, let your faith, let that faith, God, be ever increasing, Lord God, as our, we trust in you, we hope in you, we hold on to you, Lord God. It's the faith in you that we have and what you have done, Lord God, it's the message that you have preached. Lord God, we stand, God, knowing that the King, Lord God, lives in our heart, thus the kingdom is here and now, and Lord, it is incorruptible, it is unstoppable, and Lord, we thank you, Father, for release of wisdom and revelation and knowledge in this house, that Lord God, those voices of the past, those voices that are telling someone tonight that you're worthless and no good, I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, that's not God, it's the enemy disguising himself, and he is out to destroy you, but I say no more in the name of Jesus. Let the covers be pulled back and let him be seen for who he is. Father, in the name of the living God, we pray. We pray right now, Lord God. Lord, let your kingdom, Lord God. Let the king arise, Lord God. Let every enemy be scattered in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, let there be revelation, knowledge, and understanding. Lord, be released in the house of the Lord. Oh, Father, let the imperishable seed, blood, and the faith of Jesus Christ, Lord, be evident in our heart tonight. In Jesus' name, let every believer in this house, Lord God, walk in their God-given authority, Lord God. We thank you for freedom, for freedom, for freedom, Lord, tonight. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. Come on. Amen. 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 Folks, you're in the world. All right, you passed. You can go home now. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you tonight.